Guys, my new book, How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital, just hit the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. It's ranking extremely high on Kindle and Audible, and I want to thank you guys for grabbing it. If you haven't bought it yet, here's what James Y. said in an Amazon review on March 8th. He said, literally, a step-by-step blueprint for conquering the world and building your own empire. Five stars. It's a verified purchase. He goes on to say, if you like doing things the hard way, don't read this book. For everyone else who appreciates someone showing you what to do and why it works step-by-step so you can rinse and repeat and accomplish the same results, read this book now in all caps. He then says, pro tip, stock up on highlighters while you're adding this to your Amazon cart, you'll be using them. This book should be required reading for every entrepreneur, startup or founder, business person, and human. Seriously, Nathan isn't in a kind of class that cuts through all the bull crap, he used a different word, to show you what you need to do and how to do it. If success came with an instruction manual, this book would be it. We'll be stocking up and handing these out as Christmas gifts to all my friends and colleagues. If I could give this book a six-star review, I would. From James, James, thank you. All you that listen to the podcast, thank you so much. SaaS founders are loving the book. Go grab an audible version right now at capitalistbook.com. Launched We Spire back in 2010, raised 10 million bucks to build uh, this platform that helps with employee engagement, employee giving back, just employees bettering, uh, bettering the world, honestly. Uh, they're currently at about 35 uh, really enterprise customers. These are big teams, 10,000, 20, you know, 50, 100,000 person teams using them. They've just passed about a $3.5 million run rate, doubling year over year from both expansion and new customer additions. Economics are healthy, 125% net revenue retention annually, and that's about 6% gross revenue uh, churn under that number 50,000 bucks to acquire a hundred thousand dollar customer payback is healthy under six months 20 people between boston and other remote locations building up this bad boy this is the top entrepreneurs podcast where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn each episode features revenue numbers customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Susan Hunt Stevens. She's the founder and CEO of a company called WeSpire. She's recognized, she's a recognized expert in the use of social and game mechanics to drive positive behavior change and was named an EY Entrepreneur of the Year in 2015. Previously, she was GM and SVP at the New York Times Company, leading a large regional digital media division. Susan, are you ready to take us to the top? Sure. All right. Very good. Do you, by the way, do you miss your New York Times days or no? It's exciting times to be in journalism. (laughs) I am grateful every day to the good work that the New York Times and other journalists around the world do. I do not miss having to figure out that new business model to support said journalism. That's (laughs) more of what I was referencing was not the tenacious nature of our nation right now, but more about the declining nature of the business model. (laughs) The business model, I, you know, it was interesting. I was on the side of the business um, that was having to increasingly fund the, the side, which was the uh, consumer. So the switch to charging for digital access, the switch to raising subscription prices because the ad model was just declining. And so 
you know, I was always on the side that got to see the growth, but there was always this urgency and this question of, would you be able to grow enough to be able to fund the first estate? You know, I like to call, estate. I like to call the folks in digital working in traditional journalism. You guys are the subsidizers in chief. Your revenue subsidizes <laughs> exactly. the declining model, right? Exactly. All right. Exactly. Let's talk WeSpire. What's the company doing? What's your revenue model? How do you make money? Sure. So we're an enterprise software as a service platform and large, uh, generally forward thinking companies are using our platform to essentially design, run and measure the impact of employee engagement programs. Um, so we will go into a large company um, and help them run their sustainability initiatives, their social impact initiatives, things like volunteering and community engagement holistic well-being programs, meditation and mindfulness, physical health, um, family work-life integration. And then most recently, we launched Positive Workplace Culture, which is a lot around diversity, equity, and inclusion, innovation, um, positive work, you know, belonging, psychological safety, all those kinds of things. The model is we get paid on a per-employee, per-year basis. Um, so if they're running this program for every employee, there's a fee for every employee. If they're running it for a subset of employees, it's based on the number of employees. Okay. So very straightforward. Very good. And I, I'm sure this varies a ton. And I don't want to go down every customer cohort. But on average, what's the company paying you per year, would you say? So on average, on a per employee basis, it would be about $12 per employee per year. Higher if you're a smaller company per employee, lower if you're a larger company per yeah, employee. Yeah, sorry. What I was more interested in is like generally what are the team sizes that are using? Are this like a startup or well, more like a 10,000? Very large companies. Um, so we've got about 35 companies. They're almost all in the Fortune 500. They collectively have about 1.5 million employees around the world. So um, you get a sense it's, it's tens of thousands and, and in many cases, hundreds of thousands of employees. Yeah. So just to be clear, those, those contracts, when you're landing these accounts, obviously you're not getting all 1.5 million employees immediately. I don't, unless you're a genius and a wizard, which maybe you are, but that would be a whole new model. But ge generally <laughs> speaking, yeah, generally speaking, when you're landing these, these logos, first year ACV, I mean, are we talking like a hundred grand, 500 grand, hundred grand's fair. Okay. So that's typically the pilot size. Yeah. That's about a good way to say it. And what's that test cohort look like? How many employees is that covering typically? Around 10,000 employees. Around 10,000. Okay, fair enough. Good. So, so you're able from a kind of cohort, we, you mentioned, I don't know, can you mention somebody, can we mention the, cust the customer in Austin yes. you have? On our website, there's um, some customers who have been fabulous enough to provide testimonials. So it's customers like Caesars Entertainment, MGM Resorts, Unilever, um, you know, and, uh, Cox enterprises and others who are, are using us. We have lots of bigger clients who we can't reference publicly, but, um, it, it's, what's been really cool to see over the last five years is it really has been, there's not a, a, a sector that we haven't worked with at this point. So we have healthcare clients, we have automotive, financial services, consumer products, tech, biotech, um, really a, a wide swath. And, what they have in common is that they have recognized kind of two things. One is that being a force for good in this world is actually really good for business. Um, so these kinds of programs that have, um, you know, an environmental, a social or a health impact also are helping them attract employees, retain employees or helping employee performance. And then the programs themselves, like a sustainability program, has a really hard ROI in energy waste, water and fuel savings. And so what they're realizing is that there's this very strong connection 
between being a force for good in this world and inspiring employees to do things that enable the business to be a force for good and business outcomes. Yep. So, I mean, those are all great. It makes complete sense. It doesn't, you know, I'm curious here to get a sense of how fast this kind of space is growing. So put this all on a timeline for me. When did you launch? So eight years ago, this is, uh, and so eight years ago, um, and just to give you a sense, two years ago, Gartner finally created a category at the end of 16 around what we do. They called it worker engagement platform. They put six companies in the space and they put it at the very, very beginning of the HCM hype cycle and said it's still five to 10 years from market maturity. So this is a, um, this has been a, 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 you know, a just grind it out eight years. So are you, are you bootstrapped or have you raised? So I've raised almost $10 million. Okay. You did decide to raise. Why'd you decide to raise? Why not bootstrap? Um, in the beginning, we just couldn't build the technology with the enterprise features and security. And, you know, so the clients that needed this were really, really big companies. Um, but we started in the consumer space. And so we had built, you know, kind of leveraging small amounts of capital to make that switch to enterprise, we just had to add a lot. Um, you had to be able to add security audits, operational performance, SLA performance and things. And I needed to raise capital to be able to fuel that. Then the second piece of it was the enterprise sales model. We tried inside sales and other things that would be lower cost sales model. The reality is it's both we're evangelizing a market and these are really, really big clients. And so these are enterprise sales reps who sell this, um, and investing in that sales and marketing infrastructure is expensive as well. So on that, on that model, that sales model, what's your fully weighted CAC today? Is it like first year ACV or less than that or more? What is it's it? Equal to, it, it? It's a little bit better now than first year ACV, but in the first year, you know, in the early days, it was like a, you know, a one, a CAC ratio of one. We've now gotten it much better. It's almost, you know, we almost improved almost, you know, Half. double the, the CAC ratio. So just to um, be so clear, you're, you've got it, you've got it down now where you can spend 50 grand to acquire a hundred thousand dollar first year customer. Exactly. That's, that's great. So payback period down to about six months. If, you know, in a, in a scenario where we're getting an average contract, if we're getting above average contract, it's paying it even faster. If we're getting a below average contract, but we see a lot, it's going to take a little longer to pay that off. Well, just to be clear though, Susan, typically though, uh, payback period since the ratio on a bigger account, you'll spend more to acquire. So it's still usually is a yeah, six month payback. For us, <laughs> that doesn't happen to crazy you. Thing. It's not, it's not, it's pretty much the cost to acquire is pretty much the cost to acquire. And you know what? It's interesting in enterprise where we see the real expense. I mean, other than the commission expense, obviously that's variable, but where we see the cost is it is the same to get through legal and infosec for a company that is licensing us to use with all their employees as it is to get through it for a company that's licensing this to use this with 10,000 of their employees. That's a fixed time, a fixed expense, a fixed weight. And then for us, um, implementation is pretty similar between the two as well. Whether you're going to run these campaigns for 10,000 people, uh, run them for 100,000 people, there's not a lot of variable cost in, in that. So, and, and what's your team size today? So we're 20 people today. And, and break that down for me. How many are I've kind of on this team, this machine you built for inside sales or, or, or sales in general? So sales in general, um, sales and marketing in general is four people. And then we have five people in customer success and you can't underestimate the importance of, of customer success. Are they quota carrying CS in, folks or no? They, they are not quota carrying, but they, um, you know, uh, are responsible for upsell. 
Interesting. Yeah, they, they, I've, so I've talked to a lot of CEOs at different kind of ARR ranges, even up in the 80, 90 million range. And no one really yet has presented a good plan for driving net revenue retention above 110, 120% based off the upsell capabilities of their CS and onboarding teams. Typically, they're not quota carrying. So the question then becomes, well, how do you incentivize them uh, to drive the expansion ARPU if it's not the initial salesperson's job? You haven't found a good answer to that? Well, so I think what we've found is that the people we hire are in CS motivated as much by their clients driving impact as they are by their own personal wallet. And, and, you know, it's the kind of people we hire. And so keep in mind that when these programs are working and they're expanding and they're growing, they're driving greater environmental impact. They're driving, driving greater social impact. They're grinding, you know, they're, they're just doing more. They're more successful. And I think our customer success orientation has really been, how do we make sure that this program is really working and really successful and we're proving this. And so they take an extraordinary amount of pride in, in expansion because it means the program is having greater impact. And I think that that has been why, you know, we're seeing, um, this year so far, 125% net positive you know, growth, it growth off our existing count, count base. So just to be clear, that's 125% net revenue retention. Yeah. Yep. Well, peel that onion back for me. So obviously part of that is expansion revenue, but then you have gross revenue churn under that. How, what is gross revenue churn in that same cohort? So it's under 6% right oh, now. That's great. So you have about 31% expansion on the same cohort. That's great. That's, that's super healthy. Um, what are you typically, you know, a lot of people have different pricing axes. They drive expansion around as yours really just adding additional seats. Well, seats and modules. Modules, okay. So the other thing is that, um, you know, there's four modules on the platform, sustainability, social impact, um, you know, volunteering and positive workplace culture. And so some of our clients have one and some have all four. And so there's growth with taking somebody who has one and getting them to add a second or add a third or add a fourth. But then there's also growth for taking somebody who has one with 10,000 people and getting them to, you know, um, to have more. Yep. And, and just to be clear too, I mean, you mentioned 35 customers today and kind of your, your average ACV of a hundred grand that first year. So it's fair to say you guys are North at this point of a $3.5 million run rate. It's not something I can talk about publicly on, on video, but your math, you do math well. Oh, I was going to say, so I, I don't want to make them numbers. I'm just multiplying two numbers you gave yeah. me. Okay, good. Yeah. So nor, nor, north of that and the growth rate of the whole company year over year is about what? So we're do- a little less than doubling right now. Okay. Fairly. He- I mean, so fairly, so to go back a year and you're calling out about a, maybe 1.7, 1.8 million run rate. That's healthy growth. New- we are getting there slowly, new- but surely. Mostly but it's new- been a battle. As you can see, <laughs> eight years to get to here. Mostly new customers driving driving your ability to double revenue, or is oh, it really expansion? It's really, but well, you, you know, you you just heard our expansion revenue numbers; those are yep. pretty good. Yep, 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 yep. Um, very good. Um, any any uh, channel sales strategy or anything like that, or it's all pretty direct. Um, so we have just initiated um, several partnerships that we're really um, excited about the. Um, since we are designing and running engagement programs, many of our clients have rewards platforms like a global force or achievers or, um, merits, BI worldwide, things like that. And increasingly we are doing partnerships with those rewards platforms so that a company not only can do manager and peer to peer recognition and rewards, they now can do programmatic recognition and rewards using WeSpire. So um, we have an API level integration now with achievers, for example, and so, and then have signed a partnership with them. There's also some platforms in the 
um, donation, employee donation, giving matching space. Um, and we're very good at getting employees to give, but we don't want to do the, you know, processing and moving money to not-for-profits globally. That's a very different business. And so we will partner with a Your Cause, you know, who's in, in Texas, like you are, um, a, a Benevity and people like that and be able to- But are they um, bringing you customers or you're just giving them traffic and customers? Both. Okay. We, have, we have formal partnerships with some of the players and informal partnerships, you know, and yeah. some it's just driving traffic back and forth. But we have, re, you know, a reseller partnerships with, um, with some of those as well. And you said 20 folks on the team. Where's everybody based? You know, it's all over. Um, well, Northeast. Um, but we have people in primarily in Boston. It's where we're headquartered. Um, but we have, uh, you know, sales folks in New York. And then we have some development up in Vermont kind of a Northeast. And, um, when was the, you, you mentioned 10 million bucks. We didn't, in terms of what you raised, we didn't put that on a timeline though. So you launched obviously about 10, I think you said 10 years ago or eight years ago, 2010. Did you raise most of that back in the early years or when was the last raise? So, um, let's see the time frame was, uh, we did a seed in 2010. Um, then we did our a in 2015. Okay. And what were the numbers on both those? So it was a little south of two million on the seed and a little north of six on the A. Got it. And that was twenty fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Well, and then we got a convert to a B that we're in the middle of. What does that mean? Uh, we're doing a convertible note right now, uh, uh, basically that will become part of a formal B round when we go and raise a B round. Okay. So typically when I hear about this, it's typically like a bridge round to your series B. You want to buy a little more time to be able to grow into evaluation that you really want to get your series B term sheet at. Is that, that right? Okay. Very good. And when you say convertible note, I mean, are you doing this? Is this like venture debt or no, it's a convertible note, like a safe note. It's a convertible note. It is a convertible note. Okay. Very good. All right. uh, Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Good to great. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Elon Musk. <laughs> can't help, <laughs> but, can't help but watch. Yeah, number th- number no, three. I've always loved him and I'm cheering for him. And uh, I really, really hope every that, that we're all driving electric cars here in the future. So I'm cheering for him. Number three, what's your favorite <laughs> online tool for building your business? Uh, Salesforce. Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Six point five, according to my Fitbit. That's pretty good. And what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos? Married, a fourteen-year-old, eleven-year-old, and just rescued a, a puppy. Oh wow! <laughs> two and we'll call it <laughs> two and a half. Responsible for that sleep number going down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. And Susan, do you mind me asking about how old you are? Uh, no problem. I am forty-eight years old. Forty-eight. That's great. And last question: What do you wish your twenty-year-old self knew? Oh my goodness. Um, I, you know, candidly, I think I wish my 20 year old self knew that it gets better every single decade. <laughs> Guys, it doesn't get worse. It doesn't get worse every decade. It only gets better. Coming from, coming from Susan launched We Spire back in 2010, raised 10 million bucks to build uh, this platform that helps with employee engagement, employee giving back, just employees bettering, uh, bettering the world, honestly. Uh, they're currently at about 35 uh, really enterprise customers. These are big teams, 10,000, 20, you know, 50, 100,000 person teams using them. They've just passed about a $3.5 million run rate, doubling year over year from both expansion and new customer distance economics are healthy, 125% net revenue retention annually. And that's about 6% gross revenue uh, churn under that number. 50,000 bucks to acquire a $100,000 customer payback is healthy under six months, 20 people between Boston and other remote locations building up this bad boy. Susan, thank you for taking us to the top.
Thank you. Bye-bye.